Welcome to True Health Live, your favorite public health podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and audio on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're interested in public health, then this is the space for you. Welcome to True Health Live. Today, it's our second episode, season three, episode two, and we're talking about emergency preparedness and in the con well emergency preparedness not just in the context of public health because it's an integral part of public health right but more so in the context of like how we respond to disasters so that is you know kind of the premise behind today's show and i won't keep you long because as you can see it's just me so we're just gonna have like a quick conversation so as you come in if there's comments and questions just let me know um you know i'm happy to have like a uh, a nice, full, robust discussion with some of you viewers. And even if you're catching this after the fact, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe, leave comments for True Health Live. And um, because I always like to engage with anyone who's watching, and there have been some comments, um, and I love to, like, respond to them. So, like, let's just get into it. So what is EP, or emergency preparedness? And it's the actions taken to, you know, prepare for and respond to natural disasters, man-made disasters, um, any kind of public health emergency or any like unexpected event that does require response and because they pose a threat to us, right? Public health. Um, so whatever planning, training, resources to effectively respond to emergencies and, you know, address the impact that they might have. So what does that mean? It means that people who are in the field of emergency preparedness have to have some sort of knowledge and do some, um, you know, some sort of risk assessment, you know. So if a given thing may happen, like what is the risk to the population or, you know, what would be the incidence of, you know, you know, people getting hurt or, you know, how do we do that? What would be, you know, a potential outcome of things happening, which we'll get into. Um, and that definitely means that you have to plan, right? So not just like thinking about like, you know, what the risk assessment is, but part of that is planning. So those of you who are also um, knowledgeable of any sort of like project management planning or project management um, professional, those of your PMP, that definitely goes along with um, emergency preparedness. You definitely have to be, you know, um, you know, detail oriented so you can make sure that you're looking at all the different pieces, moving pieces and facets of any sort of emergency plan. Oh, I sound a bit scratchy. I think at this point it is probably just the StreamYard potato chip monster. So willfully we'll move through it. I'll try to see if maybe I can remove myself from the stream um, and then come back. Let's see how this might work. Let us see. Okay. All right. So maybe willfully that worked a little bit. Just let me know. And peace out, Renice. Thank you for joining. So back to what I was saying, we're talking about emergency preparedness. So there's, you know, risk assessment. You know, what is the risk of a given natural disaster that may happen? So if you're living in an area that's prone to certain incidences, like earthquakes, you know, you have California, places that, like like Turkey, you know, that uh, recently experienced um, the, that 5.0 magnitude earthquake. But they actually do have a history of earthquakes. that They, they had a 7.0, I think, either 2022 or 2021. If you live in an area 
that's prone, prone to flooding. So these are the parts, you know, that are taken to effect. So then there has to be some sort of emergency planning behind it. And that's based on the risk assessment. And they're developed to help people, you know, and communities um, prepare for what's to come. You know, and there are things that, that you may not be able to prepare for, um, especially uh, given what we're seeing with climate change, right, or man-made disasters. So examples of that are, you know, the snow in California. You have people, this is an area that is not necessarily used to the level of snow that they've seen, if at all, and there are people, there were people trapped in their homes. There are people who have died, you know, as a result of not being prepared for that type of emergency. Um, and so this is where it becomes crucial that, you know, cities actually talk to one another, you know, how do we you know, respond? Like, how can we liaise with a place that is used to this type of weather? You know, how do we do that? Um, and so there, not to say that there aren't, there isn't that kind of movement, but, you know, that's why it's important, you know, for those things to happen. Um, and yes, unfortunately, you cannot be prepared for everything. But again, based on how we're seeing the world move and we see um, all of the different shifts in weather with climate change, our natural disasters are actually going to be things that are, um, and, and you can even say, because of the things that we're doing to influence weather, the things that we're doing to influence weather, it is possible um, that, you know, you know, some people may not want to call it a natural disaster. But for, for purposes of explaining, you know, talking about this today, you know, what we see in climate change, there are going to be more frequent natural disasters that we see coming up, you know, especially when it comes to weather, like the snow, the flooding, et cetera. Um, another example of a man-made disaster, the uh, train, the chemical um, leak in Ohio with the train accident. So that's, you know, man-made, you know, that, because that was caused by humans. So that's an example of man-made disaster. And so um, what's really crucial when it comes to like the emergency planning, which is based on the risk assessment, is the, you know, it's the response. So that is a real, like a, the real crux of emergency preparedness. You know, how do you train emergency responders such as firefighters, paramedics, police, um, any medical personnel who are able to respond quickly? This is why it's also crucial that um, even you and your home, like how prepared are you to deal with a natural disaster in the event that you're in a space where maybe those trained emergency responders cannot get to you soon enough? So have you really taken inventory of your home and yourselves and your own skill set to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe and healthy, right? So this is where we can even get into, you know, preparing to um, bug out, if you will. So if you have to leave your house, like, what is your own personal or your family's disaster response? You know, do you have first aid kits in the house? I know it's scratchy. It's very, is it really scratchy? I'm not even sure if we can fix it. I could try the Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> I could try the Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> Blow it in the iPad. But we don't even know what that might sound like. I'm probably hearing you. Let's see. I'm going to try. I'm going to try it again. And you let me know if it. All right. So good evening. Peace, Chief Yuya. Thank you for joining. Peace, top tier speakers. So as I said, I'm not going to keep you guys long. So we're talking about emergency preparedness. So disaster and preparedness or preparedness in public health. I think that's what the title says. <laughs> but we're talking about it with the context of 
being prepared for natural disasters, man-made disasters, and some of them being the result of climate change and how we kind of see that happening in the world today, right? And so some examples that I brought up were, you know, the snow in California, places that don't necessarily see that level of weather or that type of weather in that area. So, you know, there is not necessarily maybe a, a emergency response plan for that because this is not an area that typically um, experiences that. Um, but then it's like, what about the areas that do typically experience some natural phenomena like earthquakes or um, weather, flooding and things like that? So what is your, are you aware of what your you know, communities or your city, municipality, what the emergency uh, plan is? And if not, do you have one personally for yourself? You know, whether that includes bugging in, bugging out, what you have in the house, um, um, and also like how prepared are you if you're not able to get a house, if you're not in a space where a trained emergency responders, police, firefighters, medical personnel can get to you in time. You know, what's your skill set? How prepared are you um, to, to keep yourself and your family safe in the aftermath of any sort of natural disaster, man-made disaster, et cetera? So some of the things that we went over when it came to what is prepared, emergency preparedness, that is, um, it is definitely, I'll, I'll repeat it for those of you who have joined us, it is, you know, the actions that we take to prepare for and respond to things like national, natural disasters or public health emergencies, right, um, and other unexpected events that pose a threat to us. It involves planning, training, you know, you and resources that are used to effectively respond to these emergencies and, you know, mitigate or reduce the negative effects of any of these events. And so some pieces of that are things like risk assessment. You know, again, you know, what kind of area do I live in? What is the risk of a flood? What is the risk of a snowstorm, you know, a crazy blizzard? What is the risk of an earthquake? You know, emergency planning, which is based on that risk assessment, developing your evacuation plan, identifying emergency shelters. So again, are you in a space where you can easily access these places that may be provided for residents in a given area? If not, have you figured out how to create that or locate that for yourself, right? Um, what are your communication channels? How will you disseminate critical information to you or your loved ones if you're not necessarily in the same space? Do you have a meetup point, right? Um, and then the disaster response. It, emergency preparedness also involves like training of emergency responders, like I said, police, fire, fires, medical personnel, etc. Then there's the community education piece, which is kind of what this is. How are you educating? Peace, Marjorie. All right, thank you for joining us. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so, how are you um, preparing to evacuate safely? Do, do you and your family know what the community guidelines and, and, and exit strategies are? You know, are you aware of that? If not, have you created it for yourself, right? Um, emergency preparedness, as I said, it's, it's essential in reducing impact of negative effects of natural disasters. So let's like kind of dig in a little bit to natural disaster. We can use the Google. Catastrophic event caused by natural phenomena, such as extreme weather conditions. We touched on that earlier. Um, and we can say like climate change has introduced a lot of extreme weather conditions, especially in places that are not used to certain weather types, like, you know, insane blizzards that have locked people in into their homes and blocked roads in California in a place where that doesn't necessarily see this. I was speaking to a sister a few strongs ago, weeks ago, um, and she lives in a 
uh, section of California that doesn't typically see snow, but it was snowing. <laughs> it was like big old flakes. So this is a, you know, you know, very indicative of climate change and where you're seeing extreme weather conditions, geological disturbances. So that would be like your earthquakes, right? And earthquakes can cause tsunamis. Tsunamis can flood cities and they can, you know, back up sewer systems, contaminate water, you know, depending on the things that have now been kind of all mixed up in a cesspool because the water has, you know, damaged everything. Um, you know, it can... Um, um, ruin infrastructure, city infrastructure. Great example are, you know, is, is, uh, is the earthquake, you know, infrastructure, roads. Um, taking Haiti, for example, you know, the earthquake that they experienced, like it really took away, and especially in a place that already is struggling with, you know, as a developing country, right? And already struggling with like infrastructure, it really kind of took things down. So now there's, you know, now we have to kind of start almost from ground zero to like build up infrastructure again you know, fix the roads, fix houses that have literally collapsed. Um, in Turkey, they have, um, the government actually started to look for the contractors and the builders and the architects who are responsible for some of the buildings that literally just collapsed. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is another piece to that with regards to like, what are the materials that you use? Who, you know, who inspected this building to say that it was safe? And, you know, did you have, you know, checks and balances in place when it came to um, making sure that it could withstand earthquakes, especially if this is a region that does experience earthquakes. So these are some of the things that we have to think about. So moving on about natural disasters, hurricanes, you know, again, that is weather. It is extreme weather condition. Again, it can be something that, you know, most, some or most might say um, is, um, Climate change, you know, but hurricanes have been around for a very long time, but we are seeing an increase in intensity and frequency. So, so these are things that we have to watch out about. Tornadoes, floods, wildfires, landslides, you know, sinkholes. You know, there's so many people who have experienced like the entire, uh, their home literally like being swallowed up by the ground. There's an area in um, Israel where these, the shoreline is literally sinking into the ocean so like nobody can actually go there so these are things that are happening you know natural spiritual is up for debate but these are things that are happening um in the world uh, they can occur anywhere some of the things that we do see as a result of natural disasters injuries and so this is where you know a lot of the public health piece comes in and making sure that you're absolutely prepared injuries Earthquakes cause so many injuries. How many times do we have to, you know, we're looking um, at the rescue and response and there's people trapped in rubble. Um, Hurricane Katrina, people trapped on their rooftops without water, um, things like that. It causes, they, now they're, you know, also like they're being burned by the sun because there's nowhere to go. There's, you know, some people can't swim. So these are things that um, um, really perpetuate injuries, even infectious diseases. Um, peace, Master Manulek. Nice to see you. Um, he says, yes, hurricanes are the right. You're right. You live in like, the heart, the hurricane heartland, right? No joke. Double trouble if there's extreme flooding involved, you know? So like, um, this is why it's important to know your rendezvous points. You know, where are you going if you're hitting, you know, if something is happening, you know, um, 
where it's a natural disaster, man-made disaster. Like, you know, what is your rendezvous point with your family? Do you know what is offered by your city? Does your city even offer anything? These are really, really important things to know. Um, and they are absolutely part of a part of public health. Um, again, infectious diseases. Natural disasters in particular can cause displacement of individuals, you know, their homes, communities. And so that increases the risk of infectious diseases. If you're on medication and maybe your medication was left at the house, you don't have your stash with you. Um, and especially let's say you have um, sort, sort of issue where your immune system is um, compromised or easily compromised. This is where you're, you know, very prone to infection. Some people are just prone to infection. Um, and then, and it also can happen when it comes to waterborne diseases. So think about the flooding, right? You know, what's being mixed all up in this, you know, in this water, water can carry, it can carry a lot of different diseases, waterborne diseases. And so that's where you get things that are infectious. Um, because what are you using to drink? How is your drinking water being contaminated because of any sort of flooding? Yes, the swim part, right? You know, because of any sort of flooding. So, when, um, you know, when it comes to natural disasters and infectious diseases, especially and especially in developing nations, and it doesn't mean that these things cannot happen in um, developed nations like the UK uh, or countries in the UK, because it's the United Kingdom, or the United States. Um, but, you know, diseases like cholera, typhoid, hepatitis, um, these are things that are really, um, um, at, they are a risk for people, especially when it comes to contaminated water and other things. Those are just like to name a few. Um, displaced people may also, you know, be more exposed to, you know, contaminated food. Um, again, it, it, it um, furthers, it in, further increases the risk of infectious diseases. Another really, really, really crucial part, mental health. Natural disasters can cause significant uh, stress and trauma, and they can have a long-lasting effect. You, you don't have to be, and I'm sure a lot of people know this, but maybe some don't. You don't have to, you know, have been um, um, seen active duty, like you have been enlisted in the military to, to experience post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, many different things can cause us to be traumatized and be experiencing post-traumatic stress. And things like losing your home, seeing, you know, losing family members as a result of a natural disaster or even a man-made disaster can cause a lot of stress and also create, you know, um, um, bring on, bring about PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety. These are all common health issues that can be exacerbated by, by experiencing and kind of living through um, any sort of natural disaster. Does it mean that emergency preparedness will stop that? No. But again, being prepared or, you know, understanding emergency preparedness can reduce or mitigate negative effects. So if you have a plan in place, or even after watching this podcast, you're, you're listening to this podcast and watching the live, you can um, really, you, you know, it, it will be, it, it inspires you to create your own emergency preparedness plan, because it is, again, a crucial part of public health. You, you don't and shouldn't have to wait for the city or the municipality to tell you what to do. Talk to your family members, just, you know, make a, make a plan. And I'll put in the chat, in the description, you know, a great video that you can watch by Chief Yuya that, you know, talks about the things that you should have. It literally lays out step-by-step step the things that you should have for bugging in and bugging out because these are crucial pieces of public health.
So other things that might happen, chronic diseases, and this is a big one. If you have a chronic disease, most likely most people, you know, do use conventional medicine or allopathic medicine, you know, where they see a doctor, they're probably on medication. If you're in a space where um, you have experienced or experiencing, you know, natural disaster, man-made disaster, where emergency preparedness plans are in effect for you, right? Being, um, having a chronic disease or having a, an issue where you have to take medication is something you definitely want to think about, right? Can you, you know, sit, and this is, this is key, can you sit with your doctor or whoever your medical professional is, whether you see a, a physician assistant, nurse, family nurse practitioner, and come up with a plan um, um, that either kind of weans you off if you do have something that you're able to be weaned off of medication or figure out alternative methods so that what, if you are ever in a situation where you don't have access to, you know, pharmaceutical products, that you know what to do for yourself in order to address your illness. And again, this is why I say speak to your medical professional, but it definitely is a part of public health because there's so many people that, you know, they're kind of kind of out on a limb or maybe out on a limb because they are kind of like kind of stuck or beholden to um, having to take medication, you know, all the time. So if something should happen and the medication is, is not accessible, bad news, right? I'm going to go to the chat real quick because I'm seeing a lot of chatter. The water table in Freeport was full of salt for months following Hurricane Dorian. There were so many people unaccounted for that the mental health strain was very widespread too. See? Absolutely. What happens when we have a missing family member, be, you know, from a flood, a missing family member that may have been near the, um, um, the, the, the fault, fault point or fault line of, um, of an earthquake or near where the damage was, you know, highest? Um, in, an earth, in a city that has experienced an earthquake. Even think about um, man-made disasters. We think about 9-11. How stressful. That might, that's a man-made disaster, right? So how stressful might that have been for family members who did, for people who had family members that were in the vicinity? You know, whether they were unfortunately and perished or not. You know, some people came home, but they were never the same. So the post-traumatic stress and the mental stress um, is um, and the mental health is really important when it comes for when it comes to emergency preparedness, and so and that's more speaking to the aftermath of a given situation. Margie Marie R says, "Are there example templates available? Do you have a recommended site?" I don't have um, available uh, templates, but what I'll do is I will um, locate them and I will put them in the chat. And I, I'm imagining you're talking about. Um, um, well, that's a lie because I just gave you the video. <laughs> you just you, you asked for a template like for yourself. So I would say, um, I'll, which I will put in the chat. What I would say is, you know, you can definitely look at Chibiya's video when it comes to like how you prepare for bugging in and bugging out. And there's so many people who are into emergency preparedness for their own families, like um, YouTube University, plethora. But I'll definitely put the ones that I recommend in the chat in the description box after, you know, this live. Um, I caught the recommendation. Right, okay, because I'm a little bit behind in, in the chat. <laughs> um, Master Menulik says, uh, many people were forced 
to their rooftops and needed to be rescued by people riding jet skis through the streets. It was chaos and there was a lot to consider after that disaster. Absolutely. You're very welcome, Marjorie Art. Absolutely. Um, which brings me to environmental hazards. So natural disasters can and man-made. We're just gonna say disasters, right? Unforeseen disasters. Um, and unforeseen does not necessarily mean that it was it was unpreventable because I think sometimes things can be unforeseen, but when it comes to um, some things, if we are doing the risk assessment, right, and having and have like you know well thought out plans in place, um, they can be unforeseen but like not unpreventable or even if it is foreseen you can have a really good plan in place you know to help um and when i say things being unforeseen but preventable maybe that you know that goes with the climate change and the things that are happening now 10 20 50 years down the line because of things that we've been doing for 50 years right um so environmental hazards um toxic waste mold air pollution, how much mold, especially when it comes to floods, right? Once that water subsides and goes down, you know, there's so much damage and things were allowed to, may be allowed to sit for so long, then we have mold, right? And and if you are a homeowner, you live at home, regardless if you're a homeowner, black mold is the one thing you do not want. Um, um, as I say, mold, air pollution, right? Um, Negative impact, definitely on public health, because these things can um, have um, a really negative effect on our respiratory system. So then that gives us, you know, different issues, allergic reactions, et cetera, et cetera. So overall, any kind of disaster, I'll say, not just natural, but man-made as well, they have a significant impact on public health. So that's why it's important for us to have emergency preparedness plans in place and take steps to mitigate these effects. Um, so, and some of the things I wanted to like talk about, and some of you have hit, hit on it in the chat, you know, I was thinking like, you know, what are the main causes after natural disasters? And so some of the most like preventable things are, they, they vary. They do vary depending on the type of disaster, but they generally include, as we went over earlier, waterborne diseases, lack of medical care, inadequate shelter, food insecurity, mental health issues, Right. So all of those things we just talked about. So when it comes to waterborne diseases, like, you know, depending on things like uh, hurricanes that might bring on floods or earthquakes that might bring on tsunamis, you know, what are the water sources that are being contaminated um, due to bacteria and viruses, which do spread. And that, that's what leads to waterborne diseases, cholera, typhoid, you know, things like that. Um, medical care, right, in the aftermath. Are you in a space that will where maybe the trained medical uh, first aid responders or the emergency preparedness responders can reach you? If not, maybe you don't have a plan in place, and and most people don't. Do you have a, a personal or family plan in place um, to get you the medical care that you need, or do you have trained individuals? Do you have a meeting point or someplace you can go where you know this is your crew, this is your group, and you have all the different. Um, um, you have all the different uh, personnel and human resources that are key for your own for or your group's survival. Adequate shelter. So inadequate shelter is one of the main causes of like you know death in the aftermath. 
Do you have an adequate shelter place to go to? Um, and sometimes you may not. So are you, do you have the, you know, have you gone and looked through any type of training that you can get in order to find adequate shelter? And some of this goes with, you know, learning how to bug in and bug out. Do you know how to forage? Do you know how to, um, and not just forage for food, because, you know, when we talk about foraging, it is food, but do you know how to seek out shelter that would be adequate enough to keep you safe from the elements and sometimes other people? That's just a reality. Greetings, Aquia Visa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, Margie Marie Arsut says, this also makes me think about when people have loved ones in healthcare facilities um, and they have to separate from them during natural disasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things that happens with uh, healthcare facilities, it's like, you know, a scary, scary thing is like when the power goes out. And like, yes, they do have generators, um, but they require a lot of power, especially if it is a place where they do have um, a very intense, like uh, an intensive care unit and, and or babies even on respirators and people who are um, using the machines, you know, to, to even to breathe, to exist. So this is where it is really key um, to think about some of these things, like how are you moving? Um, but yeah, it still can be a scary thing if you do have a family member that might be in a healthcare facility and they're in no condition to be moved. Um, those are some of the things to think about, like, you know, um, how do you prepare for that? Because that may be you have to have some mental preparation, right? That's and and that's just realistically speaking. Um, Master Manulek says, I'm sorry, Marjorie R says the facilities have their own process for these. Yes, they absolutely do. Um, but again, um, as a family member who's not, you know, admitted, you want to make sure that you um, and you 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 may want to like what is it that you can do to mentally you may not be able to mentally prepare yourself there's nothing that can prepare you for certain things um but how do you how do you do self-care afterwards if this is something that you have to go through right massimilic says don't forget the looting <laughs> right <laughs> don't forget the looting that can also occur during the aftermath of these disasters you know I, the looting, the looting for food and, and, and also, like, because we've talked about people who are suffering from chronic diseases who might be, like, you know, in a space where they um, need medication because they haven't figured out, like, alternative plans. So the looting of pharmacies and food places, understand, understandable. But the looting of places where it's just material things that may not even work anymore because there's no power. Like, I never understood it. But you are exactly right. You're absolutely right. Don't forget the looting that can also occur during the aftermath of these disasters. Um, when people lose most or all of what they have, we see how deep their morality truly goes. Absolutely. There's a really good film that um, is good to watch, especially. So this is another resource. So especially for those of you who are looking, you know, you want what is the, it's a good example of what the importance of um being prepared and having your 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 plan in place and it's called survival family it's a korean film called survival family so i'll put in the chat where you can find it because i honestly can't remember where i watched it netflix or whatever but i'll put in the chat where you can find it um, um but it's a really good film to watch and, and gives a really good example of why your family should be prepared for any type of disaster you know you can definitely think about like what are some of the things that affect the area that i live in but what are some things especially given how the world is moving today when it comes to climate change when it comes to like you know any anything you know how can we move there's a lot of nuclear testing going on okay so what does that kind of preparation look like right um 
bomb shelter. I don't know. <laughs> um, so peace of clear. Um, so yeah, so those are the things that you want to um, think about because, and especially when it comes to shelter, because inadequate shelter could also even lead to things like the waterborne diseases and the food um, insecurity if you didn't necessarily like pack your food away. Um, you know, bugging in like. What is, what is the supply of food that you have? Because these are definitely, you know, we call it bugging in and bugging out, but these are definitely part of emergency preparedness plans when it comes to natural or man-made disasters or anything that's unforeseen, right? Um, what, what, is, what, what, how, what are your stores, the stores that you have in place when it comes? How, how long will your stores last you? Is it enough for one person? Is it enough for a family of two, three, four, five, six, ten? You know, and if that's the case, like, have you thought about, like, you know, how you're fortifying where this is? Because as Massimilia said, you know, um, when people lose things, you can, and, and, and things when the, what is the acronym? <laughs> when the SHTF, when SHTF, you know, how are people really going to act? And so all of this is actually key to being, um, having your own personal emergency preparedness plan or knowing what the emergency plan is, you know, for wherever, wherever it is that you live. Um, so in summary, <laughs> um, making sure that you have that emergency preparedness plan, you've done a risk assessment, you know what your disaster response is. And I'm talking both whatever it is for the city you live in and you have a personal one for you and or your family is key knowing that these are the things that you'll have to run into like you know what are the things that you're preparing for making sure that you're not going to be prone or 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 susceptible to um some things you may not be able to prevent but the emergency care preparedness plan will mitigate or reduce or even eliminate things like injuries infectious diseases um chronic diseases the mental health that requires like a lot of self-care and doing things where you can, you know, learn how to be more mindful, intentional, and how, how you, how, what your response is to certain things. Um, it will mitigate your, you know, chronic diseases, environmental hazards, and then and knowing what the things are to be, to watch out for, waterborne diseases. Do you have adequate medical care? You, what, what are your human resources for the people that surround you when it comes to what's needed? Are you around people who are, you know, emergency um, response trained? Um, do you have adequate shelter? Do you have food stores so that you can reduce your um, susceptibility to food insecurity? So those are some of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Um, since it is just me. Um, so yeah, cause, because it, the, you know, emergency preparedness is a really, really crucial part of public health. Um, and be, because y yes, it reduces negative impact of natural disasters on, individu in, in, on individuals, but it, I think it's a piece that just the public, you know, maybe public health professionals are very aware of um, and keen on the importance of emergency preparedness, but how many individuals of Jane and John Q. Public are really tuned in um, to the need for emergency preparedness? You know, we hear what's happening on TV, right? You know, you'll hear reports, FEMA this, and this person's doing that, but how much of it are you actually understanding? Like when they tell you like what the pitfalls were, what somebody did wrong, do you actually understand? You know, why the end <laughs> T.O. Twaki, <laughs> do you actually understand what's going on? T.G.S. says, or T.O. Twaki, the end of the world as we know it. Hey, I don't want to say it, but 
be prepared, people, because some crazy things are happening. So part of being, you know, that your public health, your personal and public health is having that emergency preparedness plan, understanding what emergency preparedness entails. Um, Margie Marie Arce, this was an important topic to shed light on. We don't even think often about the gift things because that is the whole purpose of True Health Live. Like we try to have fun and talk about things that, you know, in a way and from a perspective that isn't necessarily talked about, which sometimes can be difficult, especially when you're in the, um, we're in cancel culture mode right now. Everybody's being canceled if you say something wrong, but honestly, um, this is my show. So I'm going to say it. <laughs> like, I'm going to say it. But the, again, True Health Live is also about information because it is about providing people with information and tools to make informed decisions about their health. So every now and again, we will do a show where we're providing like some tips and tools that people can use um, that do help with their own personal and public health. So give thanks, everyone. You know, thank you for allowing me this time to like come in and have like a quick share with you and talk about something that is very crucial to public health. Um, and hopefully you like, share, and subscribe. Make sure you share this with people you know. Um, you can listen to the podcast. It will be uploaded this evening and, and available for um, for listening, your listening pleasure. And you can also rewatch and replay these videos um, as, you, as you choose. Um, and again, I will put all of the resources that I mentioned regarding the bugging in and bugging out videos by Chief Yuya, as well as the film survival family 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 um i was I wanted to say korea and family at the same time um which is a korean film so it does have subtitles but it is a really really good film and i encourage everyone to watch it so peace everyone and i will see you in two weeks true house live is uh live every other tuesday so tuesdays at 8 p.m so you will see us next on april i'm so bad at my dates i didn't look at the calendar not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. I'll put it in the description box. <laughs> Peace, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidreSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to truehealthlive at gmail.com. See you next time.